want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. That's right, it's James Gutman. It is High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back, guys, to another edition of the show. I am James Gutman. I am welcoming you to High Pod. I'm Dad. Whether you found me on uh, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, wherever you may have found us, uh, highpodondad.com, all the archives. Thank you so much for joining me here uh, each and every Friday. It's January. It is 2024. We are in the future. And I am so excited this week because now I have a chance to finally tell you guys a little bit about this thing that I've been teasing and talking about, and I wasn't sure if I could mention, and now I can finally mention it. Uh, as a lot of you guys know, last week, uh, on Saturday, I flew out to Los Angeles for the day. Yeah, for the day. Uh, to appear on Jubilee Media's Middle Ground. Uh, it's a kind of a panelist show. Let me explain this to you a little bit. So basically, here's what happened. I've been following, uh, you know, different channels on YouTube. I'm a big YouTuber. I don't watch a lot of regular television. Uh, even when it comes to shows and movies, I always find that my attention span is getting less. I'm always busy, you know, running to do something for the kids or whatever. So it's easier for me on YouTube. Shows are 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long. Or if you have more time, you can pick something longer. So I follow all different shows. And for my age, sometimes it... It's weird. I know it's more for, I guess, younger people, but no, I follow a lot of them. I watch people get arrested. That's a big one. I watch this one guy who trolls um, police. That guy's really annoying. He'll just, he'll start videotaping people at the post office and then they come over and they stop. And what is the ordinance that says that I have to stop this? What's your badge number, please, sir? It's like, really? And then you kind of like hope you're like, beat him up, beat him up. I don't know. Yeah, weird likes or weird whatever. I watch, you know, lists and, you know, the icebergs, Mandela effect, you know, every conspiracy I can get my hands on. But one of them that I truly love, and it's one of the, the only channels that for me feels like a, a TV show channel, is, is called Jubilee. Love it. Jubilee has a number of different shows. One of them, my favorite one, was always uh, Odd Man Out, where what will happen is they'll have like seven people. And one of them will be different than the others. And they have to kind of like convince each other that, you know, they're not the one. In other words, like you'll have seven people, six are drunk, one is not. They got to figure out which one is faking it every round. And in the end, one wins money or they win money. Somebody wins money. It's cool. They've done ones. They've done weird ones. They did one where they blindfolded everybody and like one person was black and they got to figure out who it is. So stuff like that. I've been watching it. I'm like, this is really cool. I show people. I'm like, this is a really cool channel. So what ends up happening is I'm on Instagram and I got a message from Jubilee asking me if I wanted to take part in one of their episodes called Middle Ground uh, about autism and neurotypical people. And it blew my mind. It was so weird because it was like, it's one thing to hear from, you know, a big um, media company or a big, you know, company reaching out to you for something, looking them up and then being like, whoa, look how cool this is. And it's another to already know who they are. So when they wrote to me, I knew who they were. I was really excited. They are huge. I mean, huge. They have 8 million subscribers um, as of, I guess, the time of this recording, probably. It goes up all the time. Um, their videos get millions of views. It is a really 
huge opportunity, and I could not wait to accept it. Uh, this was a few few weeks before the end of the year, and you know, I, I talked to the casting people and I talked to the team there. Everybody is fantastic. It is um, it's a younger crowd. You know, you guys know I'm in my forties. I come from the eighties and nineties, so it was uh, it was really cool to kind of see how new media works in some ways and how they they put everything together. And I have to say, everybody there was very casual. It was very laid back. But they know what they're doing and they know what they want and they know how to put on a good product. So I was really excited to go out there and do this. Now, the idea of it, I explained this to them on the phone. I said, listen, I'm, I'm from New York and I am neurotypical, but my son has all, I explained the whole thing. They knew, you know, about the blog and they knew about the podcast. Uh, and they said, it's not a problem. We'll fly you out to LA. So I don't like to, I don't like to travel too much. Just so you guys know, I'm not really big on like, if I don't need to stay away from my house, I don't stay away from my house. Like, unless there was something to do, if I was out there with somebody, if, you know, Lauren came with me, whatever, but nobody, it was just me going to LA to do this. Right. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fly out there. I'm going to record it. I'm going to fly home. <laughs> and I did. Um, why? I don't know, man. One of the things, if you guys don't know me personally, I do, I like to do weird stuff just to say I did it, just to have it kind of on my resume of life. So now at some point I could be like, I jetted to LA for the day, cross country, literally for the day. I, I left here, my house at six, uh, the plane took off from JFK at 7am and I arrived in LA and the next day my plane arrived in New York at 7am. So it was 24 hours an experience unlike any other. And I, I got to tell you, being a part of this show was fantastic. I don't know how much I want to give away of it, honestly, because I feel like, um, I don't know, the, the surprise is part of it. I wasn't told, I, didn't, I couldn't say anything or anything like that, but uh, it's going to be out in like a month or two. And when it comes out, I want everybody to see. It was a, a full group of people. And it was, you know, people had autism, uh, people who, there, there was a mother, there was uh, people who were from TV and things like that, they were all part of this big panel. And what ends up happening is they come out and they bring up a topic and they say, everyone who agrees, come sit down. And then people come over and they sit down, they talk and the disagreeers come in, they sit down and they talk. And you know, typically on Jubilee, they kind of do um, conflicts, you know, so you have like Palestinians and Israelis, or you'll have, you know, different sides, liberals and conservatives. This wasn't really like that. And I was told that beforehand too. They're like, it's not going to be really like that. Because even though like neurotypical people are going to be there, they're not going to be anti-autism. It's not like that kind of a thing. I was worried though. And this is complete, open, honest stuff. Because when I first started writing this blog, the biggest critics that I received initially um, in the comment section were actually people with autism. High functioning, however it's referred to who would read what I wrote about Lucas and question it and be like, how could you tell, say that about your son? And, and I couldn't figure out what was happening. So I always wrote about Lucas nicely and I always wrote about the things that I did for him in, in a kind way and I couldn't figure it out. And then I did and I figured out that I wasn't, I wasn't truly explaining that autism for Lucas was, you know, um, you know, life skill delays, chronic issues, completely nonverbal, uh, lack of comprehension in some area. Like, I mean, really, there's. it's a very different style of autism than people would think when they think of the good doctor or something like that. And I realized I wasn't adequately saying it. I wasn't adequately explaining that. So people were reading this thinking that my son was like high functioning and here I am talking about how hard, you know, we, we have to work on, on certain things. And keep in mind too, I've never been big on like, it's so hard. You know, my blog is not that. I am not a, you know, oh, 
at the end of the day, I close the door and no one sees me cry. Like that's, I get it. I get that people are upset. I get that sometimes, you know, life is hard, but I always felt like with Lucas, I don't know. I didn't want to say stuff like that about my son. Now keep in mind too, I have a daughter. She's 15. If you think my daughter doesn't give me grief and worry and stress and nonsense, I mean, you're crazy, but I'm not, again, I'm also not going to go on here and be like, you know, I close the door when my daughter goes out with her friends and I cry. I, I always felt like it was, it was weird to me. It was like, well, who, what is the end game in complaining about your child? Even if your kid is, you know, difficult, you know, and then there's, there's challenges to it. Like, I don't know, it's your lot in life. That's that's your family. That's who you take care of. And I always would think to myself, I mean, it's been a thing from the beginning. It's still a thing today. If that was me and somebody was taking care of me or helping me out in the way that I help Lucas, would I want them to talk about me in a negative way? No. I mean, same thing with everything, with privacy too. Like I don't, um, I don't talk about certain aspects of Lucas's life. There's things that people ask me about. I don't talk about, you know, privacy and hygiene and things like that. I mean, there's certain areas you talk about, cut his hair or whatever. But there's certain privacy things that a 12-year-old boy gets to have. And just because he doesn't have words, just because he he might not be able to read it or understand what I'm writing about him, um, I'm not going to do it anyway. Because I think if that was me, I wouldn't want that. So I don't do that. So I always wrote positive things. So even in writing those positive things, people are reading this and they're thinking, they're imagining a very different boy that I'm talking about. They're thinking of of a boy who has autism, but at the end of the day is, you know, you can get a job and have a group of friends and things like that. Lucas doesn't, none of those things. Not going to drive, uh, accepted it already. Got it. Um, barring a miracle, I mean, everything is always, you know, because you say that and people are like, prayers, hope, you know, never give up. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not saying that. I'm just being realistic. He's 12. I know he's not going to be driving anytime soon. Can we say that? Um, but I accept it and I'm cool with it. And I love him and he's fantastic and he's sweet and he's great and he's kind. And that's the whole point of what I do. Autism appreciation, how great it is. All that being said, I've dealt with pushback from people who have autism. And initially I remember I didn't, I couldn't even get mad because I said, you know, because people are getting on you. How could you talk about your son? I was like, you know what? I, a part of me wants to be like, Shut up. Like, let me talk about And I did write a few blog posts. I wrote one about like how it's my right to tell his story because I think it's very unfair that if my son doesn't have words, I can't help him tell his story because I'm being silenced by people who say I have no right to tell his story. And it's like, well, I know him better than anyone else on the planet. I can tell his story. He can't. So I'm doing it for him. That's what I'm doing. So I'm going to do it anyway. So you can be whatever. It is what it is. But I thought to myself, this is a group of people that have been marginalized for so long. And I totally got that. And I imagined a lot of those blogs that I read where somebody closes the door and cries at night. These are the people, these people who are writing to me these negative comments, these are the people that it was being written about. You know, somebody who's out there and working at the supermarket and living a life and then to look back on their childhood, they're, they're reading about how they were a burden or they were something like that. And I, I so I get it. And I'm not, so I, I, I always was conscious of that. And now in my writing, when I write about it, I've written blog posts before about how autism differs from person to person. It's different for me, different for you. Um, it's a very individualized thing. That's why no one can tell you what autism is. When my son was first diagnosed, no one would tell me what that meant because nobody knew what that meant for me and for him. No one knew what that was going to look like. And now that he's 12, I, I get it now. And I got it when I went to LA because the people that were out there were very different than my son. And I got to tell you with that, I'm again, I'm not going to give you guys spoilers, but this was, I'm so happy I did this 
And I, I came out of it with such a level of support. I didn't expect it. You know, I'm invited on the show. I fly out to LA. I'm on the plane over there. And I'm worried that people who have high functioning autism are going to question what my right is to talk about my son's struggle. He's nonverbal. He can't communicate himself. But still, how dare you? And nobody was like that. It was the opposite. They were kind and they were... Um, loving and accepting. And it wasn't, you know, I talk about autism appreciation and how my son being nonverbal, a lot of his beautiful qualities are because of autism. I don't know if that's true for everybody there. I can tell you though, as individuals, as people, these were good people. These were caring people. And these are people who know what it's like to be excluded and they didn't do that. And I felt happy to be able to talk about Lucas. I felt happy to be able to share um, what it's like to have somebody whose autism isn't, you know, the centerpiece of Hollywood. I say that sometimes, and I know it comes off negative, right? Like it comes off like me criticizing, you know, the media and stuff like that. And I will say, like, I talked about it while I was there too. I mean, some of the things we talked about on the panel, I, I, I've talked about since in my blogs and things that we've written about because it's all been in my head. But, you know, Hollywood doesn't get that deep. And, and for that reason... I accept that Lucas is not showcased in media often. My son is nonverbal. My son has substantial delays, things like that. Hollywood and movies and TV shows, for the most part, are a little superficial. How much information can I get out there to you in half an hour? There's a movie right now. You guys know I come from the world of wrestling. There was a movie that just came out called The Iron Claw about the Von Erich family. The Von Erich family with his... Yeah, wrestling family in Texas. It's a tragedy. It's terrible. Just tragedy, tragedy. They omitted an entire brother from the movie. It was like he didn't exist. Chris Von Erich. Uh, his story didn't fit in with the rest of the story, so they didn't even use it. So I get it. It's easy if you have to put a label or you have to put a face on autism, which is such a nuanced term, it typically becomes the easiest face to represent, which is, you know, awkward at parties or, you know, the young doctor or something like that. So I get it. I get that Lucas can't be showcased. But for this day, I honestly felt like he was. I felt like a lot of the stories that we told, a lot of the things that we shared, I got to share about him and how it affects him. And it it's funny because it's, it's so similar in some ways and so different in some ways, you know, uh, like we talked about making friends and... You know, and, and some of the stories are heartbreaking. People are trying to socialize and the issues that come up with it. And I get it. But for Lucas, I got to talk about how you guys know he hangs out with Christian. And uh, when they first started hanging out, like Christian would chase him around. Lucas would kind of just like ignore him a little bit. Not really ignore him, but like he's like that. Like with me sometimes. I'd be like, I'm annoying him and I'll just kind of like go on. He's, he's cute with me, but I, you know, I'm around him all the time. And it wasn't until this past summer that Lucas started to chase Christian around the pool and tag him and I get excited to hang out with him. And I got to share that story. And that's that's a story about autism and friendship. And that's something that I can share. But while it has similar characteristics, it's different than other people's stories. And that, for that reason, that's why I do this blog. That's why I was so proud to be able to go out there and represent him. Um, because I want everybody to know about who he is. Because I feel like it's very easy never to know who he is. It's very easy to write him off, see him from afar. If you don't have a nonverbal person in your life and you just see him, my son, he's calling out or cackling or jumping or hopping. 
it's easy to just be like, that kid doesn't understand what's going on. Like this guy's just taking care of this kid. He's carting him around, but it's really not true. Like it's, I mean, in some cases, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, get in the car, let's go. They asked me when I was there, and sometimes people will ask me a question that will throw me off. But it's such a basic question that I forget that people don't get it. And then one of the first questions that, that we were all talking as we go around the circle and we all talk, somebody goes, did you, did you tell Lucas that you were coming out here to do this? And I was like, huh, yeah, because I do. I talk to him constantly. Like, it's all I ever do is talk to him. First thing, they're like, what's up, little man? We're in the car. I'm like telling him, I'm complaining about people. I'm like, I'm going to call this guy up. And he's like, he's an idiot. And we're going to be like, go away. Like, all this stuff. Just pile it on my boy. He hears everything that I have to say. Right? So I've been telling him about it. You know, even before I left, I'm like, hey, I'm like, guess what? I'm Daddy's going to LA. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to, and it's like, and he's giggling, he's playing, whatever. So I don't know if he gets it. In fact, I mean, I'm fairly sure he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand things like that, but he might, you know, and I've written about it and I've talked about it, that that thought of like, you know, everything that he's ever learned being nonverbal, there was a layoff between when he learned it and when we knew he knew it, you know, like the word cup, um, bed, sleep, things like that. Like it took the first time to turn around and be like, you ready to go to bed? And then he goes into bed and you're like, oh shit, he knows bed. How long did he know bed? You know, that kind of a thing. And that's, that's what we deal with. So I got to talk about that stuff. And like just this different idea of, of how families are affected by autism and how even in a case of us that is typically seen, I'm going to say it out loud. I've said it before too. Like I think people see this as a worst case scenario. Like, oh my God, what would I do? What would I do? What would I do? You just live. It would just be a part of your life, and this would be who you know. I mean, honestly, if if Lucas was the way he is now, but because of like an accident, if he had lived to a certain age, a certain way, and then became a different person, you know what I mean? Things like that, I could I could see. But this is all he's ever been. This is his personality. This is his. This is my son. You know. So I don't really grieve per se. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely times where I'm just like, oh, I wish Lucas could do that. Oh, that would be nice to do with him. But it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, you have time to get used to it and think about it. And now to talk about like, oh, he's never going to get married. It's like, I don't, I don't really think about him getting married because he's not in that category of people to me. He's his own person. He's unique. He doesn't do those things. He doesn't join Little League. I get it. I'm not, I mean, I'd love him to be able to do it, you know, if he could, if that was his thing. But he doesn't, it's all right. Like it's all right. it's that's what he does. My my daughter does her own stuff, you know what I mean? And that's that's cool with me. And that's you know something that you just get used to. So being able to show people that this quote unquote worst case scenario of what would happen is just part of life and that there's beauty to it and there's great things about him because of autism. I mean, it's a that's my mission. Really, it's my mission. It's it's all I it's all I want to do. Like I just I feel like I spent a lot of years of my life trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I was younger. You know, I would always hear from people about writing. You should write. You're a great writer. You should write. I I did speaking. I did public speaking in high school. I've always enjoyed, you know, standing in front of people and doing stuff like that. I'm I'm very comfortable with the microphone and things like that. I like to be able to talk. I pretend like no one's listening. I think that's one of the big differences. I think a lot of people go into doing a podcast or writing something and, and they're spending every every keystroke and every word coming out of their mouth thinking about who's going to be hearing this. Am I going to sound stupid? I got to fix this. I don't, I don't even listen to these, man. 
honestly, the things that you hear, the only listening I do to these podcasts is to find the clip to put on on uh, Instagram <laughs> the next day and uh, and sometimes to edit the closing and opening music. And I don't really go back and listen to my stuff. I'm I'm just talking. You're in the room with me. We're hanging out. This is my this is my take on it, you know? So for so long, I wanted to be able to to do that. But I was doing it about pro wrestling. And I, although I love wrestling, it, it felt like everything was repeating, things were happening, and it felt inconsequential. And that's what I think bothered me. I, I was like, I, I wish I could do something with my writing, with my, my uh, audios and podcasts and things like that, that I feel like strongly about. And then this happened, this came along. I feel stronger about getting this message out to everybody than I have ever felt about anything else. And it means so much to me to get to do that. And Jubilee allowed me to do that this past weekend and going forward in front of the biggest audience you could imagine. Uh, and that's, that means the world to me. This was the whole, the whole goal. And I don't, I don't think it could have, uh, could have gone any better. So that's, I'm really excited. Guys, I promise you, when that thing goes up, a month or two, I'm going to have it up. I'll put the link out there. Unless I look stupid. Even if I look stupid, I'll put it on once and then we'll, nobody won't talk about it anymore. But if it doesn't, if we're cool, we're cool. We'll, just put, it, we'll put it out there and it'll be really cool. Um, but yeah, it was a great start to the year. Um, nearly a year to the day when my car died last year, which was the the worst year, you know, <laughs> the worst start to a year I've ever had in my life. Uh, and then this was probably the best. So it's it's such a strange journey in one year to end up where we are and, and to have things go the way they do. So I'm very excited. And you know what? We're not done. I got more exciting things on the way. Next announcement might take a little while longer, but in the meanwhile, Jubilee, the big one, the one that I was excited about telling you guys about that happened. Uh, I'll give you guys, you know, all the details when it goes up. And I want to thank you for your support from, from the bottom of my heart, man, from the beginning to, to do some of the things that we've ended up doing with this blog and with, with the message that we're putting out there and autism appreciation, I've never would have imagined it. So thank you. That means a lot to me. And that does it for me this week. Do me a favor. Check out the blog. Hi, blog, That's where I talked uh, this past week. I did two different ones. I talked about uh, voicing the unique challenges of autism, my firsthand perspective as a dad. That was about Jubilee. It was about going there and pretty much what I told you guys all about here today. Uh, but then also the weight of words, embracing a handicap sticker and autism uh, parenting. I almost said parking. That's a big deal. Uh, that's one that I haven't written about before either, about kind of getting over the word disabled and handicapped uh, and getting a handicapped sticker from my car before my kid got squashed by a car because he lays on the ground and he runs between cars. It's a whole thing. Read it. Highblogomdad.com. Hopefully you like it. I liked writing it and I appreciate it. Guys, thank you. That does it for me. Until next week, I'll be back Monday, Wednesday, new blogs. I'll be back next Friday with a new podcast. Thank you. James Gubbin saying be well. Bye, Pod. I'm done.